You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda rhymes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies that actors were. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie, and this episode is hosted by Ryan and Kirsten. We are pleased to present to you two incredible segments with some incredible guests. First up, these guests are no stranger to the Black Girl Nerds podcast. We welcome them back. It's Truth Teller Productions with Marion Hyman, aka Robin Hood, and Air Jordan. They're back to talk about their latest project with Truth Teller Productions. And in our second segment, we welcome Georgiana McKinney, winner of NPR's Student Podcast Challenge. So first up is Truth Teller Productions. Miriam Hyman, AKA Robin Hood, is a classically trained actress and hip hop recording artist. Currently, you can see her reprised as her guest starring role as Dre in season six of The Shy. And up next, Hyman will play US attorney Stacey Marks on season two of Power Book Four, Force as a series regular. She's also been seen in many shows such as Grey's Anatomy, NCIS, Blue Bloods, The Rookie, Blind Spot, you name it. She's probably been on that show. She's got a huge, impressive resume. We also spoke with Air Jordan, a Chicago native. Air Jordan, born Jordan Terrell Walker, is a lyricist and producer. He's been writing and making beats since his youth, working with various Chicagoland artists. He's also known for his witty bars, catchy hooks, and infectious beats. He's since teamed up with his cousin and CEO of Truth Teller Productions, actress Miriam Hyman, a.k.a. Robin Hood, to work alongside her and lead producer lyricist East O. And that segment is hosted by Ryan. In our second segment, Georgia McKinney, 17 years old, is a rising senior at the Mississippi School for Mathematics and Science. Originally from Crystal Springs, Mississippi, she loves watching movies, learning new languages, and so much more. She's a high school winner of the NPR's fifth annual Student Podcast Challenge, and she won against 3,300 entries from middle and high schoolers in 48 states. McKinney and her winning entry tell the story of the toll of Jackson's water crisis that has taken on city students. So she talks about that in this segment hosted by Kirsten. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this two-part episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast featuring Truth Teller Productions and Georgiana McKinney. Welcome to the Black Girl Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and we got a little truth serum for you today because TTP, the crew, is back with BGM Podcast, Truth Teller Productions, if you don't know. 
And I'm always excited when they roll through because it's always some new, pumped up, exciting album, song they dropping that you're going to have on Pete, like a repeat at least five times. So let me introduce the crew. Um, we got Miriam A. Hyman, a.k.a. Robin Hood, a.k.a. Dre for the shy. I also want to mention Power Book 4. Four's new trailer just dropped that she's in. But, you know, we're just going to touch on that a little bit because, you know, I don't want that smoke. Got to get that bag right. But I want to make sure you guys know and go out there and support them. Also, we have on the throne. Well, I was going to say on the throne because every time I hear his name, I think he's ascending to the throne because we got Eric Jordan, <laughs> a.k.a. Jordan um, Tara Walker. And you guys, he's been a lyricist and producer uh -huh. and writing, making beats since he was a kid. What's up, Jordan? I heard you in the background. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I thought I heard him picking up in the background. I'm hearing you guys' voice. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm so excited to have the TTP crew in. They've been wearing the fits. They got a new album. I can't wait to dig into. Also, let me mention, though, before we really get, before I start really fanning hard, um, Easto was going to join us today, but he's doing another engagement, pumping it out because, you know, the crew is late going full force. I don't know if y'all following mm -hmm. on Instagram, but Truth Other Productions is going full force. So he's out there grinding. We're going to give him a little shout out. But yeah, um, you know, how's it going, Miriam? How's it going, Jordan? How you guys doing? What's good, sis? How are you feeling? Everything is working. We are uh, over here just excited and elated to be talking to you. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction for myself and, you know, Jordan and for Easto. It's a blessing to be here with you. Jordan, what's good? Yeah, we just, you know, we're still celebrating. We're still, I'm um, excited. Uh, you know, the album just dropped over the weekend. Mm -hmm. So we're just celebrating that and we're just getting to it. Yeah, I can't wait. We definitely gonna get we're gonna break down the album as much as y'all want to reveal because you know we want to make sure y'all go to Apple Music, Spotify, wherever, download the album, listen to it, family over everything. But before we dive into it, I kind of want like people that are maybe new, um, you know, haven't listened to our podcast before, haven't checked y'all out on IG and stuff yet, kind of let us know like where does the love for music come from? Because I'm always curious to hear like the background. So for people that may be listening, wanting to get into the, you know, the groove of it or wanting to share like a common a commonality. Where did you guys love for music come from? I don't know, Miriam, if you want to take it away first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're all individual artists, you know, with on this label, True Teller Productions. And so I think all of us, you know, it's going to be a different answer, you know, excuse me, a different answer for each one of us. And right. I would say for myself, you know, I think it kind of came from my love of dancing. You know, initially mm -hmm. I used to be, um, I mean, I still I still rock out, you know. <laughs> but I used to uh, run a hip hop dance company in Philly called Center of the Cypher. So as a choreographer, as a dancer, you know, immediately you just respond to that beat. And so mm -hmm. when I, you know, just as, a, as an actress, you know, doing a lot of different, um, studying a lot of different uh, playwrights, Shakespeare being one of those, it just really gave me a love for the bard and for, you know, poetry and spoken word and so on and so forth. So, you know, growing up in Philly, you know, I wasn't necessarily uh, writing a lot of poetry or anything like that. But once I came out of graduate school, mm. my desire to do something in addition to acting, you know, something that I could do in tandem, um, it just kind of was like a perfect sort of relationship. And then I met Easto on my grad school, you know, track. We were both kind of like, you know, um, he was he was applying for school. I was like in my first year and we yeah. just kind of met up and vibed. And his interest was really similar like mine. You know, he's an actor as well. So he has a theatrical background and has studied all of these great playwrights like myself. And I think for the two of us, it probably just, you know, we had a very strong um, 
love for language and for, you know, the use of words and how we can really, you know, say what we weren't hearing on the radio, you know what I mean? And with other artists that were already out there, like how could we be different and, you know, still be, still be hot, you know what I'm saying? Still keep it, you know, yeah. like get the people what they've been missing, but at the same time, you know, still make it about something. So you're going to learn something from our bars, but at the same time, you know, you still going to be bouncing. <laughs> you're gonna be exactly, leaning exactly exactly you know? yep, and then yep. uh george please oh uh, yeah um well my my love for music comes from my background in chicago there's a a sub genre of dance music in chicago that a lot of people out here know called juke music and i had a cousin who was a professional dj for juke music so he used to you know play stuff to me and he would uh take me under his wing and just teach me how to use MPCs and use all type of drum machines. And I was really young doing this. I would go with them to parades, DJing, and you know, so that was um, where my love for producing came from. And then rapping, I guess, was a whole nother story because I was like a big Buster Rhymes fan when I was a, a, a kid. <laughs> and you know, Buster Rhymes, he was crazy, very versatile, and just you know, very out there and creative with his style. So from the beginning, I, I always thought, man, I want to be really creative. And then growing up in Chicago, of course, Kanye West is a, a huge influence. So I would definitely say to him. And just, you know, um, hanging with my friends and freestyling, going to school, freestyling on the school bus, freestyling on the corner or wherever we would be at. And just, right. you know, basically making that like our little jazz sessions, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, like I like how you talk about like as, you know, being young and kind of, you know, getting that mentorship and just kind of just playing around with stuff, like seeing that passion, seeing people you look mm -hmm. up to and you're like, let me just go and play with these beats and start mixing stuff, you know, you're around the DJ element. So that kind of helps with, um, like you said, with the producing and stuff that I think like a lot of people forget, you know, they're ready for like the instant. So they forget like you can kind of play around and and, um, you know, work on your craft a little bit before, you know, mm -hmm. the mainstream stuff starts happening. Yeah, because for me, it didn't actually start with hip-hop as far as producing. And it's like, yeah. next thing you know, I kind of used that to incorporate into hip-hop. And, you know, it just took me to another place musically. Right. He, he doesn't tell that you too. that he's a really good... He didn't tell you he's a really good dancer, too. See? Oh, yeah, so, yeah. You know, nice. The footwork is insane. It's part of the music. It's part of the whole dance music thing. So, yeah, that's a... Oh, uh, man, a we should have had the cameras on. Come on, now. You just... You know, you know... Uh, <laughs> Miriam, she's a choreographer at Hearts, and she got to mention the dance. But I feel like, you know, I, I, I got my moves. Oh, okay, I like that. As long as you got them. I mean, what's the secret? So y'all gonna have to watch out. Y'all have to check them out. I'm sure he'll, we'll, we'll catch a video somewhere, I'm sure. And as the as the record uh, pops out, yeah, so you got to do something already, yeah. I know, right. probably. I was gonna say, I probably just ain't got some yet. I'm probably late. Y'all probably already know. I'm probably late to the game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, Miriam, if you want to kind of get, you gave us like a little taste, but just for people, cause I just love, um, when you, when you're talking about we're different over here, as far as like truth teller productions, I love that kind of mantra you guys have and just seeing like all the fits and posts on IG. Can you kind of tell a little bit more about like kind of starting it up and you know what you mean by we're different over here and what people can, you know, like new up and coming artists. I just think it's interesting to kind of hear what the vibe is over at TTP. Absolutely. You know, I think I think um, Jordan says it in the bars where he says, I don't have to be. What do you say? I don't have to make hits to make you no know, pop. No, I don't have to pop oh, yeah, guns to make to a popular song. Make yeah. mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to pop guns to make a popular song. And so 
it kind of it sums it up, you know, in that yeah. in that small, you know, phrase because we all grew up in the hood. You know, I grew up in Philly. Jordan is from Chicago. Easto is from East Oakland. None of us mm-hmm. grew up pretty. We always we all wanted something different, you know, from right. what we currently were dealing with. You know, um, both myself and Jordan come from a family with one of seven. You know, I think East is like one of four, one of five, you know, in terms of siblings. So, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I think that our approach has just been take the negative energy that has um, surrounded us and make it positive to the best of our abilities. And so with that, we're striving for more. And with Truth Teller Productions, it's in the title, you know, it's, it's in the label. We speak the truth. Everything that mm-hmm. we talk about, listen to every single song, bar after bar, you won't hear a lie. You know, we don't, we don't, there's, yeah, there's, there's no need. We're going to speak about, you know, like I always like to say, keep it hot with me, you know, with in terms of my team, that's my acronym, honest, open and truthful. And so there's nothing that we mentioned, like if, if something even, they don't even come to me with anything false, but if there was a hint of it, we would say, hey, hang on, let's, let's talk about this for a second. But we also don't feel the need to have to put on display, um, our money or you know our vehicles or you know like our jewelry in a in a in a a way to belittle anybody else yes we like jewelry yes we like nice cars like a lot of individuals but for us you know education community the love for one another that stuff comes first everything else is just material so we understand the difference (laughs) haha between you know, <laughs> you know these things being props you know right. and these yeah. things just being tools that we have in our toolbox but we don't live by it we don't stand by it you know we just mm-hmm. happen to have it but you know again it's back to the 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 material and the music we want to uplift and motivate people we don't want to give you any false hope so we're going to give you that truth I just like can I just say I just love hearing you guys talk because it just sounds like you can tell you're like hip-hop artists and stuff because it just sounds like you about to drop some bars and it's going into the next album or next record like you can tell it's the truth right now absolutely absolutely and we you know I just want to say you know we're not we're not trying to be these perfect individuals you know we all have majorly you know you know flawed backgrounds and stuff like that so the the music I think has has evolved and for us collectively and individually from a being from a uh, place of like just being like conscious to it being very present and very aware there's a self-awareness that's within our music that I think our 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 audiences you know are really starting to appreciate and the fans are just really hearing and seeing us for who we are you know we do throw the fits on but again you know we know that's just material you know Right. And, you know, too, like open, you know, talking about being honest, open, the, you know, the truth. Absolutely. Um, I just feel like that's just a mantra. Everybody could just put somewhere, right? Write it up, put it on your vision. We're like, listen, if I can live up to this, right? Not yeah. we're all perfect. We're going to work on it. If we could just do something that gets cl- us closer than that. I think that's something cool to go with. So, yeah, I think yeah, you guys' right. message is so inspirational. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay, let's get into it because everybody, we've been hyping them up. Let's get into a family over everything. First of all, let's go. <laughs> this album cover, it it's making me, it's giving me like family hanging out, maybe a little <laughs> bit of cookout vibes because I see, let's go. you know, like some games. I see the pool table. 
you know, I see the photo album kind of figure thing going on here. I love it. I love it. So tell you, us about. You know, like, I'm from. You know, I'm from West Philly. It's summertime. Hey, yeah. there we go. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we got all right. The summertime inspiration. Tell us about what else. Because look, we gonna we gonna really get into these fits on here. Because I need to know about the fits. I need to know about where was the photo shoot. Because it's just it's just the fly cover. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um. You know, the funny thing is we were very specific, you know, we're very specific with everything that we do. Mm -hmm. But like, for instance, with that, uh, with the cover, you know, Jordan and I had a photo session slash um, studio session at Hush Money Studios here in L.A., which is one of the places where we rock out. Shout out to Hush Money mm -hmm. and um, Hush Money Music. And so basically we, you know, a lot of times when we're in our sessions, we either have the cameras on us or, you know, the video, we're constantly documenting our process. Um, so that we can go back and hear and watch and, you know, tweak, do whatever we need to do. But if you look at the cover art, you know, you have the TTP on the one side with the dominoes, you know what I mean? Because we, mm -hmm. we like to have a good time. Yeah, we like to play, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then up mm -hmm. in the corner, you know, you have the truth teller, you know, jacket on the back of the seat. And then you have Easto, you know, myself and then um, yeah, Jordan you the again. Dyson, uh, right corner, they have the dice say nine. It's like the number nine and we have nine tracks on the album. Everything exactly. was like purposeful oh, on the um, cover. Absolutely. And then down in that other corner, we're at mm -hmm. another studio that we utilize in Chicago um, called Chicago Spaceship. And so we'll get into the features, but actually Josh K, who's one of the features on the album State of Mind, um, he's on that song. He, I, we worked at his studio to actually record that song and some other tracks, you know, as well. So everything was very purposeful, you know, like Jordan mentioned, you know, the dice, you know, nine tracks. Um, mm -hmm. And then we both have one, you know, like, it's so funny because he says like in the bars, you know, kill them without, you know, even sending shots to your dome. And we picked this pick, not thinking about those lyrics necessarily, but yeah. when you just, Ryan, when you're just speaking the truth, when you're just speaking the truth, baby, right. it all just comes together. <laughs> yeah, you can tell it. It's just so effortless. Yeah, I just love it. I just, I love yeah. the way it's just so, just like, it just happens. Because you people can tell when stuff is forced. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's natural. Um, Jordan, speaking of natural, I got to go to you right here real quick. Can we really <laughs> get into some of these uh, songs, you know, in depth? Because now listen, mm -hmm. I know about Robin Hood and the Beats, but right. sir, you didn't like, you surprised us with these tracks. How did that feel <laughs> to like partner in on these tracks to really go in? Because you were stepping away from some of the beats and you know, the licks I we used to, you know, before knowing about you. But I was like, what? Like I was listening to it before you guys came on here because I can't pick which one is my favorite. It's, it's <laughs> um, you know, I just felt with this one, I had to really come with my A game. Yeah. Um, as on the cover of the album is uh, Robin Hood introducing Air Jordan. Mm -hmm. So I feel like at the introduction, you know, I got to make a good first impression. Everybody uh, knows Robin Hood. They know about TTP. And now, you know, time for them to get to know about me. So basically, <laughs> just have to show what I could do, show little bars and. I haven't even really scratched the surface yet, but what? you know, we, show a little bars. State of <laughs> mind. What? Show a little bars. We gotta we gotta talk about that <laughs> one. Cause I love there was even a little Kanye Jay-Z mention, which I was like, now this is cool. Because oh, yeah. I didn't, it didn't even click to me <laughs> at first. Um, you know, when it was first starting to playing, and not even to mention the beats. Like if you guys just mm. took out some of the lyrics, the beats you just vibing on all day. 
um, yeah, some of the so stuff. That's, that's, um, that's Easto. Yeah, out of the, out yeah. the nine tracks, Easto did five of them. And then George did two of the um two of the tracks. He did the first one, Faithful Out Works. Yeah, the first two. And, yeah. And uh -huh. then uh he jumped right into that next song, you know, nothing special. So they went, they went crazy, you know, and exactly like you said, he he, you know, like he said, he wanted to make a really great first impression. And I again I just applaud you, bro, because you went crazy. You know, I'm saying, bro, he's my cousin, yes. but you know, you know what it is. It's in the family. I love it, it's in the family. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Our moms are sisters, and they both grew up and were raised in Philly. And then uh, my aunt, his mom, moved to you know Chicago when before he was was born, basically. So it's just crazy, you know. We we can't get into this little this little uh, project, you know, that I shoot in Chicago, but we were yeah. able to really rekindle oh. um, our bond when you know I was out, you know, shooting and everything. So. It's just been a really dope journey, you know, and I'm 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 thankful to be on it with him and and Isto and I are just both happy to you know welcome into this other part of the family. He was already yeah. my family, but now he's in this family too. Yeah, All right, yeah. <laughs> the music family. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just to deviate just a little bit, we ain't gonna go too deep into it because we already know. But you guys have some music placements, right, for mm -hmm. the show, right? Whatever you guys can say about that, let us know. That's all we can say about that. That's all you can say about that? You got it. Hey, I got it. You ain't got to tell me twice. I got it. I got it. You guys, you know, wait out, check it out, look out. Listen, they got to get it right before we can go into it. So I get it. Absolutely. All right. I would just say keep, um, you know, just keep rocking with it. Stay tuned in. Definitely keep watching the page. And, uh, you know, definitely okay. support it. You'll hear, you'll see. You'll know what it is. Nice. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm pretty sure we already hear those beats coming through and just know. Um, yes, speaking of which, can we talk about Cry Baby? Because I was like, mm. I said I didn't have a favorite when I heard the baby cry though underneath the beat. I was like, hey, come on. I was like, come on now. Easter. Yeah, shout out to Easto. He um he sent that to me and I said, Wow, this is this is really dope. Um, and again, just kind of going back to specificity, yeah. Every single track that we have a feature on, you know, we listen to it and I'm always like, huh, who can I hear on this? with me who can match my energy who can match George's energy who lyrically is going to be able to you know just match us you know and, and uh -huh. even raise the bar haha -ha. uh <laughs> but anyway um so yeah hearing that I immediately uh thought of Genesis D Hale who plays Maisha um you know oh on that little show I thought that me. was her but I didn't want to say anything yeah, I didn't yeah, know I didn't goes, know yeah. yeah she goes crazy and then of course East came with that hook and it's just about the delivery you know again yeah. going back to just speaking the truth you know of the text we deliver he delivered yeah. with that beat you yeah. know air delivers with his bars mm -hmm. you know and she she goes by Vadi um Genesis and so that's her rap moniker and so she came with it crazy you know, so it was it was dope. You know, um, East produced the beat, and then Jor got to do some kind of like mastering, some production on it. You know, as well. So it was it was a a nice kind of collective, you know, project. Um, and it was just great to have you know uh, Easto spin bars on it. You know, and he yeah, and he produced yeah. it. So whenever people can come with that, like, listen and show you that they are versatile and. You know, we're all multi-hyphenated. You got to do multiple things out here in these streets. You know, you can't just do one thing. Exactly. So we're also yep. you know, showing yep. that with TTP because it's it's all in-house. 
And I also like too how you're keeping the network going. I love how it's a connection. You know, everybody people forget about networking and who you know and how it's going yeah. from like you know one family to another. Um, because mm -hmm. yeah, when I heard Gina's, I was like, now that sounds real familiar for me, but I didn't want to jump to conclusions. I was like, it sounds real familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's baby girl, she comes in killing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan, do you have a favorite? Um, because I know it's hard to pick because I feel like all nine songs fit, but was there anything when you guys were putting it together where you were like, okay, this no matter what, I gotta get mm -hmm. these bars on here or this track that really stood out for you? Yeah, um, I would say Shia LaBeouf would be that song for me, Ooh. even though don't get me wrong, <laughs> I felt like I had to go harder lyrically on mm -hmm. uh, Faith Without Works. But I yeah. felt like Shia LaBeouf was like the song that I wanted to perfect and just make sure that lyrically and sonically it just sound perfect. Mm -hmm. I just love I, I just love the melody. I love um, even the way Miriam came on with her second verse, her melodic flow on it is just like perfect. So yeah. to me, that was the one. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. And I, I got to just chime in and piggyback off of that. Like, yeah, 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 of course. When I heard that track, I was like, yo. The same, like, when I heard Faith Without Works, when he sent me that beat, I was like, are you kidding me? Now, you know, Ryan, we've talked before. When, when, right. And I, I believe I've expressed this. When I hear the track, like, we don't have a writer's room. You know what I yeah, mean? We yeah, just yeah. go crazy. And so as soon as I heard it, I'm immediately, I'm like, on both of my phones with my notes out, like, dang, 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 dang. Just yep, like, I remember you said the, bars, yep, are yep. Just, the yep. bars are just coming, you know? So mm -hmm. I know it's coming from a greater source, you know, than myself, because I'm not thinking about it. It's just, right. it's just coming, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, that Shia LaBeouf, again, it just, we're going back to speaking the truth of, you know, who we are. He says what he's into, I say what I'm into. You right. know, like, yeah. you know, and it's no competition. It's like, and, and no judgment, you know, that's mm -hmm. what we're trying mm -hmm. to do. We want to enlighten. We don't want to, you know, judge. But let me tell you, I, I just, I, at first I just, I wrapped the bars and then something didn't feel right. I was like, I got to sing this, yo. Like, and everybody in the, in the, with the team was like, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> you know, Jordan comes in clutch, like just with that extra kind of, you know, confidence, like, you know, he's. He's he's being real chill right now, but his harmonies, like Joy can sing. He's giving y'all like a little <laughs> bit, but he's harmonizing. Let's see on the, like the next uh, project. Oh my gosh, yeah, he's singing like four parts. He, he, he's going crazy. He's going. I, I was trying, Ryan. I was trying to keep up with him, but you know. <laughs> listen, listen. I love this team up. You said sing on next album, help and get go ahead and help and drop that. You know why I continue to listen to this one. You know, I'm just checking to make sure I go ahead and get me a copy early. Yeah, okay. <laughs> get that pre-save, okay? <laughs> yeah, get that pre-save. Listen, it's all about that pre-save now. I'll be ready. I'll be, I'll be right. looking out. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah, we definitely going to drop it soon, soon, soon. Yeah, yeah. And the video, the video, too. That's coming Yeah, out. I was going to ask about, like, that was be my next question. Like, any other visuals, you know? Because, you know, sometimes I'll be missing out. So let me know if I'm missing on some of the visuals that you guys already got out for some of the songs. Oh, nice. no, not yet. Very soon. Yeah, no, okay. not yet. We're going to be dropping um our Faith Without Works video featuring Trans Lee, who nice, is okay. our first feature, you know, on mm -hmm. the album. Exactly. So we recently had, like George said, our album release party this past weekend. So we had the opportunity with our guests who showed up, showed up like, oh, they were just showed up and bulk yeah. with Thank so much again. love. Yeah, and we had the opportunity to share the video, you know, with them. We went down to Atlanta and shot that. So it was great to, you know, just 
share it with some people. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be dropping super soon. So just make sure you tune in. It's a lot. We yeah, got we, we got the content. Talk about the album release party. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the album release party. I was there. You guys look like y'all had fun. I saw Let's some of those it. photos. It looked like it was just like a nonstop party. Like, what are you oh, both? Man. Like, I kind of want to hear from both of you guys. Like, what are you both <laughs> taking away from that? Like, are you just kind of still? Is everything still sinking in? I mean, it it definitely is. It's don't get me wrong. It's nonstop work, but it's nonstop fun, and it's like it's nothing I'd rather be doing. Yeah, I mean, it was just a blessing. It was so many really great, you know, people that came through and showed us love, and and it was dope. You know, we're part of a private club out here, so we had it at the club, and um, you know, like in this really dope, you know, cinema room, and we had the you know TTP balloons up, and again, people can of course you know, go to the page and all, all of our pages and just kind of see all the content. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was really amazing, you know, to be living out your dreams and to, and to be independent artists and to do it the way you want to be doing it. I got to mm. tell you, there's, there's nothing greater, you know, it's like you being able to run this podcast the way that you want, talk to the individuals you want to talk to. You are setting the tone, you know, it inspires us to do what we want to do, you know, how we want to do it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, still elated waiting, not, you know, can't wait to the next one. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, just super pumped about that. Absolutely. Yes. I just gotta, I'm, it's right back at you guys as far as like inspiration. And that's why I love when you guys, like I said, anytime that email comes through, I'm ready to book yeah. it. Just tell me the time and the day. Um, because I just think it's so cool for new artists coming out, just that vibe of being indie, right? Like there's so much yeah. going on when it comes to like, know the big corpse you know we love the things that we got out but sometimes you know you got to check the way the bags coming in with the contracts Absolutely. look like mm -hmm. you know so it's important i think that's a, such a cool message to get out to everybody that's you know either they've been in the business and they're looking for something new or you know yeah. independent artist or new artists out there want to find something different you know that kind of speaks to them and they feel like they don't have to change you know to do something yeah. that they love so I, I think that's such a cool message Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we've worked with artists who have been signed to major labels and now right. they're rocking with us and they're looking mm -hmm. at our blueprint, you yeah. know, and understanding how, you know, we're doing things. And, you know, again, we just want to be a motivational force. We're not telling anybody like, this is the way you have to do it. We're just doing right. it how we want to do it, you know? So, yeah. you know, we just, we're loving the support. We're going to keep just coming with these bars, coming with this, with these beats, you know, mm -hmm. keeping the tracks fire. And uh, yeah, y'all just definitely need to be on the lookout. Yeah, you know, in. check yeah. out those links for the for the album for sure. Absolutely, it's everywhere. Right <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna leave like the last couple of minutes for you guys. Whatever you want to plug, um, yeah, just so we can continue to support. You know, send you guys the love. Any kind of we already know you guys. Make sure you follow Truth Teller Productions on IG. Yes, um, but whatever else you guys want to pump out there as far as like plugging it up, you know where they can find the album yeah. everywhere. Well, definitely yeah, uh, check yeah. out the album. You know, we, we put out the link for Apple Music earlier this week, but okay. it's now on Spotify, Apple, it's on Deezer, iTunes, it's yeah, on everything. iTunes YouTube, everything. Like, yep. whatever you can think of is probably on it. <laughs> so definitely so. grab that, stream, buy, share, go tell it on the mountain, you know, and, <laughs> uh, you know, follow us on threads at Truth Teller Productions. It, it's exactly, you know, spell how it sounds. Uh, make sure to follow me at Robin Hood Music. You know, that's R-O-B-Y-N-H-O-O-D-M-U-S-I-C. And uh, Chris Herbie Holland. And uh, definitely follow, you know, Air Jordan oh, underscore official. There you go. Hey, that's Air Jordan hi. with an H. 
Yes, absolutely. Get the, make sure you put the H. Put your H. See, that's what I'm talking about. The throne. You see where I got? You see where I'm going, guys? You see what I'm talking about? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me. You guys, I'm gonna say it again. Go check out Family Over Everything everywhere. Go listen to it. Download it. You know, Miriam said if you need to talk, you know, maybe you shout out a little bit of lyrics while you're on the mountaintop. Let people know. You know what I mean? Walking down the street. You know, have a blast in a little bit. You know, however you got to get the message out. <laughs> <laughs> that's right we're just trying to get people a little something for their playlist we appreciate you Ryan thank you so much black girls nerds y'all rock thank you guys appreciate it thank you what is it like to live without water for most people living in the United States they don't know what that is like most people wake up every morning, brush their teeth, wash their face, use the bathroom, make their coffee, get a glass of water, just like a normal day. But for people that have been living in Flint, Michigan, since 2014, they have been without water or without clean water. And unfortunately, the same thing happened almost a year ago in August of 2022 when the residents of Jackson, Mississippi went through a water crisis. According to CNN, the Pearl River was flooded after heavy rain, damaging pumps at the main water treatment facility that were previously in poor condition. For a week after the flooding, the citizens of Jackson couldn't use their toilets, use the water to cook food or bathe or brush their teeth because there was no running water in the entire city. During this time, people had to use bottled water or as a, te as a temporary substitute. After residents uprooted their lives to drive miles from home to purchase water and then come home to ration it to meet their basic needs, water eventually returned flowing through their pipes. However, hope quickly diminished as the water often came out brown and smelly. And if the water did come out clear, residents were advised to boil it first and shower with their mouths closed because the water levels were of high toxicity. And although a year has passed, the situation really hasn't improved. And with less news coverage, the crisis is getting less and less attention. And it's obvious that this water crisis affects businesses, restaurants, households. However, there's one area of the community that this water crisis really affects, education. And Georgiana McKinney, who is a student that lives near Jackson, realized this. She realized that although the water crisis was covered in the news, no one really talked about how it affected the youth. How simple things like going to school became a very big challenge for the students that live in Jackson. Thus, she decided to, for her class, do a podcast project and really bring more attention to this water crisis. Because of her interest and compassion for the students of Jackson, she ended up winning the NPR podcast challenge. 
and after her winning, I was able to interview her and really get an insight on the crisis, how she put together the podcast, and what she hopes will happen in, for Jackson in the future. Thank you so much uh, for being here, Georgiana. And would you tell me, just to start off, tell me a little bit about yourself so our listeners can get to know you. Okay, my name is Georgia McKinney. I am 17 years old. I live in Mississippi and I go to the Mississippi School of Mathematical Science. I live right outside of Jackson. I'm really close to the city. I'm only about 20 minutes away. Um, some of my activities, some of my hobbies would include reading. I really love to read and um, baking. I, I like I'm pretty artsy in general, but I also prefer um, the science side of things. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I don't know. I know that um, in the podcast, there is a mention of your love for languages and you're, t- you're taking a couple or you, or you took a couple of different uh, language courses. Could you tell us more about that? Okay. Um, this year, I had the opportunity to take Russian, which was really cool to me because I never thought I'd be able to take Russian because it was not available in my home school. So I was like, ah, I should take this because, like, I couldn't take it at home. So, like, why not use the opportunity to take it here? Yeah. And I also took Portuguese because, well, Brazilian Portuguese is specific because I really love the way that Brazilian Portuguese sounds, especially in songs. Like, I love Brazilian funk and Bossa Nova. So that's what inspired me to take um Brazilian Portuguese. But my love for languages, I would say it started when I was younger because I used to go on YouTube and I watch it. And I watch YouTubers who were polyglots and they would make videos like, you know, how you can learn to speak all of these different languages. Mm. And so I'd be like, yeah, that's really cool. And as someone who consumes a lot of media that isn't in English, I, you know, have always wanted to speak different languages so I can, you know, better understand what they're saying and have a different experience. And I also, you know, it's just important to speak a different language living in the United States when, you know, every, like, you know, have, maybe not half, but, you know, Many people can speak like two languages. I was like, yeah, I should really, you know, speak this because it can help me out in future experiences. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's such a wonderful opportunity that a lot of um, Americans, a lot of young Black youth don't always have the opportunity to learn a second language. And I think a lot of Americans, because English is so widely used, a lot of Americans kind of think, oh, I don't need to learn a second language. Like everyone just is going to learn to speak English. Uh, But that's not always true. I know that uh, since living abroad, I've had to uh, learn Spanish and it really is such a vital tool to be able to communicate in different languages and connect to people. And you learn so much more. I think now that you're learning these languages, you have an opportunity to learn so much more about the world than if you only knew one language. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, Yeah, so tell me a little bit uh, about, uh, so, you recently won the podcast award for your podcast that you did. So tell me a little bit more about your podcast and give us a little bit more insight on what's actually what actually happened with the, the water crisis. Okay, well, my podcast is about the Jackson water crisis pertaining specifically to education and how it affects the youth of Jackson and how their you know schooling has been impacted. So I want to touch on surface on like how how it's like, you know, using the bathroom, you know, going to lunch, even in the classroom, like air conditioning, because it's such, you know, you would never think about how this would impact you in school because, you know, you do it every day. 
So it never crossed your mind. And like you say in Jackson that they have, you know, <laughs> they have to, you know, um, figure out ways on how to make things that they used to be able to do. Um, and oh my God, <laughs> I'm not off work. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, they have to figure out exactly, you know, how can they get back to the group with things? And through it, like, because this hasn't been, it's not a new thing, but it is because, you know, in 2021, that's when it really got worse after, you know, Mississippi was hit with the snowstorm. Because, mm-hmm. again, we're in, we're in the South. We don't really receive that much snow. So when it happened, we were like, oh, what are we going to do? Because I, I don't live in Jackson, so I don't know exactly how they felt when it hit, you know, when the water effects happened. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when the snowstorm hit me, I remember, you know, it was horrible because, you know, no one knows how to drive in snow. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have any power and I also didn't have any water for like a few days. So that was just horrible for me. And it only lasted like a week, but mm-hmm. and to think about how, you know, it's lasted and how it's worsened over there for them and how it's, you know, it's just been, it's gotten worse, but I do think it's going to get better. So I hope. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, um, we really underestimate how important water is. I think, as you mentioned, it's kind of just part of our daily lives. You go to the bathroom, you wake up, you get a glass of, of water to drink, but you really, when you're without something that's so such a vital resource, such as water, you really do realize that it is a necessity and it's very difficult to live without. Yeah. yeah. And why did you decide to focus on this aspect specifically with how it affects education? Well, in the news, from what I could see from what I watched was they would touch on, you know, how it affects people who are, you know, who have jobs. And like specifically, I remember seeing about restaurants and how they were being hit hard because, you know, they didn't have any water. So a lot of businesses would have to close down and they would go out money. So, I mean, I knew how it affected the restaurants and I knew how it affected people who were working and the parents. But yeah. I didn't exactly know exactly, you know, how it affecting the children at school because I never really um saw anyone, any child at least, you know, get interviewed about, oh, how's the water crisis affected your learning? And so I'd say they didn't do that. I just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. But I did see, you know, adults talking about it. So I was like, oh, I kind of want to, you know, focus on education, you know, the aspects of education. And, mm-hmm. you know, with me being so close in age to the children and, you know, being the same age as some of them, I, you know, I could resonate more what they were going through than, you know, yeah. say an adult. Yeah, and I think that's so powerful that you gave the youth a voice because you're right, the news, I mean, obviously there's probably other outlets that have shared this aspect, but I think the majority of the news usually is focused around the adults. Um, And I think it's so important that people know that limited water resource affects everyone, not just certain people, not just certain businesses, but in every aspect, yeah. And so when you were putting together this, podcast you got the idea and then you started putting it together what was your creative process like like how did you know who you wanted to talk to uh you use different like sound clips in your podcast uh what was that creative process like okay with starting with people I knew um with who to talk to at first I would say I didn't know but my teacher you know led me to the right direction I I mean I guess I didn't know I wanted my cousin in it because it would be it would be easier to talk to her because she's family so I could just you know have my parents be like talk to her mom and ask her, do you want to be in this? And she was like, yeah. But reaching out to strangers, I was like, oh, it's going to be, you know, hard because I've never reached out to anyone 
of that event. So my teacher, you know, he contacted some people and he gave me their numbers and I was able to reach out to them. And of course, not everyone, you know, responded to me, but one person did. And, you know, they helped me. They gave me insights on, you know, what it was like from their point of view of the wire crisis. And with the different voices, I knew from the beginning that I didn't want my voice to be like the main center of my podcast. And I want to incorporate many voices. And that's that's um one of the reasons why, because I don't really like, you know, hearing my own voice when I'm recording. So <laughs> that made it easier for me if I just heard different voices going back and forth. And so I had, you know, the interview with the administrator and then I had my cousins who I had played by um my friend because my cousin's interview was an audible because my parents talked over it. And <laughs> then I had, there was a point at the beginning where it was like counselor speaking. I was like, wouldn't it sound better if, you know, I had someone play the counselor, then, you know, just having me repeat exactly what the counselor would say. And while I didn't know exactly what a counselor would say when they answered the phone, I just kind of assumed, I was like, counselor speaking, I guess it's the easiest way. Because I didn't want to call the school and be like, you know, just bud out and hang, like hang up. I was like, no, that's not going to happen. So I just like, so I was like, okay, I'll do this. And with the sound, again, I had got help from my teacher. Like I had incorporated most of the ambient noises but, you know, he told me, like, oh, you should put this there or, you know, this, that. And so, you know, it made it flow better. And I really liked how it sounded. And, of course, some things he, like, said, just like, mm, maybe I shouldn't do that. For the most part, I really liked it. And I knew exactly what ambient noises I wanted to use because, it, you know, it gave it another dimension. Like, I knew I wanted to include water. I knew I wanted to include um the toilet flushing when, you know, I was talking about that. And, like, with the chatter in the lunchroom, I think that was like last minute, but I really liked the way it sounded and how it just, you know, blended all together. So just through working with it and just hearing how it sounded and kind of envisioning it in my, in my head before I put it, you know, before I started working on it, it really helped. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was a very um, insightful way of putting a podcast together because I think that a lot of the times a podcast can simply be to people talking, but adding those extra elements, adding different voices, adding different perspective, I think really helps portray this message and really helps people to see different sides of this issue. Mm-hmm. In the in the podcast, you mentioned or it was mentioned uh, how no water affects instructional time, lunch menus, uh, bathroom how often you use the bathroom. There's just so many aspects of not having water um, that really is detrimental to learning. Uh, so what do you see as some of like the long-term effects of this crisis? Um, to be honest, I think because it's been going on for so long, um, I don't think it will get worse in terms. I think it'll get better because they have, you know, they've dealt with it for so long. They'll know what to do when it happens. And they'll just adjust, you know, mm-hmm. persevere through the tough times. Mm-hmm. So I don't see it getting worse in schools. I think it'll just stay the same. Like, mm-hmm. they, if it does get worse, they'll know what to do. They'll know, like, oh, we need to go on Zoom or, you know, we need to hand out packets and stuff. Yeah. But since they've been dealing, it, dealing with it for, you know, 10 years, it's just, you know, it got, it, you know, worsened in 2021, which was two years ago. Yeah. Um. You know, when the water crisis, you know, does continue, because I don't see it going away anytime soon. Mm. I just think they'll know what to do. And I don't think it'll get worse. I just think that's like, hey, I know what to do. We can, mm-hmm. you know, work with this. Yeah. Okay. That's, I think that's such a realistic answer. Um, and thank you for sharing that because 
really and truly, I, I think that's just kind of how certain neighborhoods and cities are treated in the United States, where there's been a problem for so long where you just adjust to it and it becomes manageable. And even though mm-hmm. it's not the best way to live and no one should live that way, people are survivors. And it sounds like the people of um, are learning to just survive and adjust. Um, and at least it's not getting worse, but it should be getting better. But I guess right now it's just settling for accepting it how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you've kind of experienced, uh, you said that you mentioned like there's like times when you didn't have power, um, when the snow came and like the power went out and that limited water. So can you kind of, from the best of your knowledge and your experience, can you kind of walk us through what a day is like without water or without, with limited water? Okay, I can. Most of my I guess experience will come from, you know, listening to other people's stories. Yeah. Because my my experience with water was just um for I'd say a week. Mm-hmm. And you know, my main concern was more of, you know, power and not having heat yeah. because it was snowing outside. Yeah. So I was more, you know, thinking about like not freezing to death. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I heard, I know that in certain parts of the state when, you know, the water crisis is worse on certain days, that some classrooms may be um, hotter than others because the AC won't work, you know, because mm-hmm. water, which can make it really hard to learn because Mississippi gets really hot in the summer. Like, I think it's like 96 degrees right now. So mm-hmm. in August, I mean, just think about it. You're in the class and, you know, you're trying to learn, but it's like 90 degrees in the classroom. You're like, I can't focus. And then you have to think about the lunchroom where the food may not be the best that day because, well, the water crisis and they can't exactly fix what, you know, what they would usually fix. So you may, you know, have to eat sack lunches like ham and cheese or just, you know, pizza, mm-hmm. hot dog food, not the best nutrition. And, you know, and then they have to, the lunch way you have to worry about, oh, we can't include certain foods because, we, you know, we want to make sure that the students aren't using the bathrooms because, you know, they're off limits because mm-hmm. of the water crisis. So, you know, no dairy. So, mm-hmm. I mean... I guess I couldn't pack. I don't, I don't know. I don't drink dairy, so I'm trying to think about that. Um, and then the bathroom situ- situation as a whole, my cousin actually revealed um, another interview that sometimes they will, you know, lock the bathrooms. So mm-hmm. I think that's a important side, too, because, like, you know, for the potties to lock in the bathroom, it's like you went from having, you know, a different option to, like, having, I guess, no option at all. Or how sometimes, you know, the bathrooms weren't exactly flush. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, you go into the bathroom and you're just met with, you know, something that you don't want to see. I mean, you have to see it, but you don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. Or I guess even using the porta potty, it can just take a long time. Again, I saw, I read a news article about like, oh, you know, it disrupts last time because they're trying to go to the bathroom and, you know, they can't do it like they used to. So it takes a very long time. And now mm-hmm. they missed out on, you know, time in the classroom because mm-hmm. they wasted that on going to the bathroom, you know, typically mm-hmm. younger kids. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's that to look at, and then I guess when high schools they have to close the bathrooms off, and I guess you know depending on how big your high school is, you just you know walk around and try to find it. I guess that can make it harder to get to class, or you know again use it. But yeah, yeah, it, it, it there's just so many aspects that really affect students, and from mm-hmm. and from 
it sounds like it really affects students from the moment they arrive to school to the end of the day, uh, because whatever is happening, there's going to be some need for water. Um, whether what you had said about managing what is served at lunch, like that's, that's something like I didn't even think about. It's like, yeah, you can't really use, you know, serve certain foods because then if the children have to go to the bathroom that much, uh, more often, then that's going to cause a problem. And and yeah, and what, yeah, I think that's just such, um, so, so disappointing to kind of hear that children are missing out on education simply because of bad infrastructure, um, because of a problem that they have nothing to do with, but they also can't fix. Yeah. And it's like when it's worse at home, you know, they can't go to school sometimes because, well, the water's been out for so long that they um, haven't, you know, had the proper water to, you know, take a bath or maybe brush their teeth they may miss school for that and you know now they're behind in school and there's that aspect to look at look at and then you can also think about it once they get out of school if you know they have to carry it through the day and they have to go home and deal with it and depending on you know who they live with rather be you know younger siblings or older parents they could have to you know help them and they have just have to be really conscious of what they're doing you know if you have younger kids you can't you know leave them unattended around the water if it's like mm-hmm. dangerous Mm -hmm. I think it's just like, you know, it can be really stressful at times. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And last question, I know we kind of talked about it a little bit before of how the situation is most likely just going to stay the same. Um, But do you see in anywhere, in any aspect from the people that you talked about, do you see any light or any glimmer of light that things might get better? Uh, Do you feel like maybe is it about um you know getting more donations from people when it comes to water is it about the government how do you see things potentially getting better in the near future i don't think it'll change that much but i do believe it will get better um you know the administrator talked to me about that it wasn't as worse as when it began they're not missing as much school time which is a great thing so i do see it getting better on that part and they have received funding I remember reading about they received like I don't think six hundred million, eight hundred million for the water crisis. Yeah, it's a very slow moving process. I so I don't know how long that would take because mm-hmm. they have to re you know they have to redo something that's been going on for so long. Mm-hmm. And if you look at you know the start of the water crisis, it happened because of well the infrastructure just wasn't that good, so the pipes gave out. Mm-hmm. So I mean I do think it's going to take some time, but I do see it getting better. Okay, that's good. Yeah, it's yeah, I think that unfortunately, changes like these can be slow. Um, but if people on the ground are, are saying that it's not as worse as it was before, then I think that is very hopeful for the future. Mm-hmm. And is there anything else that you would like to add um, that we didn't discuss? I think where price is. Mm. I think I, I could talk. Uh, I get. I guess you could point out similarities. Um, this doesn't have to do like education, but you could point out, like similarities, which I always thought was fascinating, like how um the similarities between like the water crisis in Jackson, like you know, like water issues everywhere in the United States. Um, because whenever I think of you know Jackson water crisis, I also think about you know Flint, Michigan, and you know you see similarities between it. And how the government has responded and such. 
and some of the reasons on why it's happening. And you look at like, you know, you know, like the demographics of Jackson, you see like, uh, and you know, you start to think like exactly why is this happening? Like why hasn't it, you know, why hasn't it been fixed? Or why is it taking so long? And you just like, you know, you think about that, like, like what exactly is the reason why it's taking so long? Like, you know, mm-hmm. so I I do look at um different cities, you know, like, like um the background, the you know the people who live there, and see like you know trying to see the similarities between the water crisis over there and how it's happening. Yeah, yeah, I think that is an excellent point to to identify. Of this crisis is not the only crisis it's not unique it is very similar to like you said Flint Michigan and probably other areas in the United States where unfortunately certain demographics of people live and yeah it doesn't seem I remember when I wrote uh, the article on the crisis it, I remember that the crisis was kind of only very isolated like there was other neighborhoods like if you go like a couple of blocks up or whatever where you know, you could tell that the neighborhood would maybe had a little bit more money, it was a bit more wealthier. They did not have the problem, but the neighborhoods that maybe were a little bit more impoverished, um, the, they were struggling with this issue and not receiving the help that they needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you look at the neighborhoods north or east of Jackson, you can see exactly like how they're not dealing with the wire, you know, prices, you know, they're so close to it. Right. But, you know, Jackson, like maybe south of Jackson, they're dealing with it and their, you know, incomes aren't as high. Yeah. And, you know, their demographics are very different. And you're just like, you know, if they, if this neighborhood had the water crisis, would have been fixed by now. Like, so sometimes yeah. I think about that. Exactly. Yeah. I think that is an excellent and very true statement that if this happened in a different neighborhood that was considered more wealthy, the problem would not have been going on for as long as it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for sharing your story and I think really highlighting how uh, important this issue is. And and I hope that when people listen to this, they really consider all aspects of this crisis and really consider the youth and and supporting the youth. Because I think that, you know, being being a teenager is hard enough. Going to school is a big responsibility in its own um, and having to do all of that without simple access to water is really hard and really difficult. Um, So I hope that people really understand this crisis in a new perspective and hopefully uh, things can get better for the people of Jackson. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Brodnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.